Welcome to the October 25th episode of the Locked On Leafs podcast. I'm Mike DeSefno with Dave Morsuti. Leafs travel to the Sin City and put up a sinful performance, Dave. Downright terrible. We're going to break it all down. Phil Kessel, though, becoming the Iron Man, or at least tied the Iron Man streak in that game, and also had his 400th goal taken away. We'll chat about that as well. And just when you think it can't get any worse in Vancouver, it does. We'll talk a little bit about that gong show today as well. All that more coming up on today's edition of Locked On Leafs. Your Locked On Maple Leafs, your daily podcast on the Toronto Maple Leafs. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Leafs podcast, one-stop shop for all things Leafs. I'm your host, Mike DiStefano from TSN 1050 Toronto Radio, also known as Al's brother on TSN's Overdrive and TSN 1050's Leafs Lunch. Joining me, it's my co-host, Dave Morissuti from Sportsnet, also a writer for the NHLPA. Lockdown Leafs is a daily Maple Leaf-centric podcast, so be sure to subscribe for free. Wherever you get your podcast from, you can also now catch us on video on YouTube. Just search up Lockdown Leafs on YouTube. Hit subscribe and get new videos and new content directly to you guys each and every day, Monday through Friday. That's five new episodes each and every week, all Leafs, all the time. Uh, we'll venture a little bit away from the Leafs uh, towards the end of this thing because we got to chat about what's going on in Vancouver because it's just uh, – it's, it's ugly. It's ugly. I'm that that alarm that went off during your intro was foreshadowing. It, it could not have been more perfect. Yeah, when there's, there's an alarm system going on in Vancouver, and that's exactly what uh, what what that just was. So we'll we'll certainly chat about that in just a little bit. But before we get into all that, Dave, um, we got to break down that that performance we saw last night. I got to tell you, not what I was anticipating. Um, we had just talked them up so good. It's like okay, they're on the road. They started off the road trip well with a win in Winnipeg. It was a complete game. I thought they played extremely well, and uh, then they show up to Sin City and seem like somebody was up late and got the Vegas flu. By somebody, I mean everybody not named Ilya Samsonov. Yeah, this was, as you saw, as soon as that game started, the Leafs just did not have it. They oh. did right from the start, and that, that could not have been, like, what was it, 8-1 shots through the first oh, 10 yeah. minutes of the game? Like, I, I was surprised that that game was anywhere close. I mean, the only surprise was the fact that Elias Samsonov did not like just like have like the worst dehydration just because of how much work he had in that game. Like it was just, it's terrible. Like there's really no excuse for it either. Like you're on the road, you're in, you're in all, it's, you had the day off, you come into Vegas, you're off, you had great momentum, and then. No excuse. It's just you just did not show up, and that's seen this far too many times from this team. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, you know, the tough starts have been a concerning trend, I guess you could say, for Toronto. And they weathered it through the first, like, 10 minutes, I guess. And, and you know, we're only down one nothing after one. Um, but it's not what you want to see. And it's, it's something that I think the Leafs have to certainly – do better and try and, and start on time because this is now, uh, what, the fifth game out of seven that they've been scored on first 
so far this year. So they only have one goal or the first goal in two of the seven games they played so far. So it's not great when you're chasing the game, you know, each and every time. So Toronto definitely needs to start playing way better um, to, to, to start games. That's just, it's just plain and simple needs to happen. Um, They also need to play a lot better in their own zone. I mean, I don't know what the hell is going on defensively. They seem to be running around like chickens with their heads cut off and, like there was, it seemed like every other second there was a turnover or there was uh, a counterattack the other way. A a guy was splitting the defensemen. Like it just seemed like Vegas did whatever the hell they wanted to do in the in the offensive zone, and Toronto just couldn't defend anything. Yeah, that was the that was the tough part. When you're like, if the Leafs cut down on their turnovers this defense would not look as bad as it does because when you're you do yourself no favors when you're constantly giving the other team multiple opportunities to take advantage and leaving yourself flat foot as many times as the Leafs did if I'm Sheldon Keefe that's that's got to be the biggest thing in video sessions like what led to this giveaway why are we being so careless why are we not being focused and realizing okay if we actually you know, play with a little bit of focus because I think it's also focus too, and not getting overwhelmed. Like Vegas was make Vegas played extremely well. They're very they structured, relentless. But the Leafs, the Leafs got overwhelmed, and that should not be happening. There should be, there should have been, you know, film sessions saying this is what Vegas likes to do. This is what we need to do to limit them. I put a lot of this also on the coaching staff because. That that Leafs team just did not look prepared for what Vegas uh, came out with. No, they, they they didn't, but they also, you know, this isn't the first time that we've seen the team no. show up late to a game, right? So it's it's is it on the coaching staff partly, but like it's also on the players and but also like I don't know, man. That's it's it's the, the blue line to me is still going to be a question mark. Um, we don't know what the status of Jake Muzzin is going forward. Justin Hall just ain't it, man. Like, I, I'm, I I, don't think that guy can play top four minutes. I really don't think he can do it on an effective, consistent basis. So, like, th- they may need to make a move or, or something to, uh, to improve that blue line because I don't think you can really keep trotting that guy out there literally for, like, 22 minutes a game. Um, I don't know what the uh, stats counters, what they were – counting i suppose in vegas because according to nhl.com they only had seven giveaways on the game they had far more than seven giveaways <laughs> like yeah. far more than seven giveaways so i don't even know what the hell like who was keeping track of what stats out there but um because if you look at the takeaway numbers out of uh um like the giveaway takeaway numbers out of uh, vegas they had let me count quickly one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen takeaways. So fourteen takeaways by Vegas plus seven giveaways by the Maple Leafs. I guess that what it means that's twenty-one turnovers by Toronto in that game. So I guess that would make more sense when you add them up uh, entirely. So, but yeah, that was that was just brutal to me. And and you know every single time it was costly sam stuff had to bail them out early i mean this could have been a, a three four one game after the first 10 minutes realistically 
Um, and, and you know what's really upsetting is that they got bailed out too. Like they got bailed out when uh, they challenged that play, which kudos to the video staff for, you know, making that challenge, um, obviously, and getting that goal taken off the board, but then allowing a, another power play goal like 30 seconds later. Yeah, it's just like you wasted yeah, all yeah, that wasted time. Wasted your challenge. You 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 ruined Phil Kessel's night. Are you happy? Are you yeah, happy? Man. Yeah, you took Phil Kessel's 400th goal away and then allowed a goal 30 seconds later anyways. What the hell is the point? Like, Sheldon Keefe was furious. I could tell he was just so mad about that too. But yeah, like it, it's it's focus. It's it really it, it comes down to effort and focus with this team. If you yeah. want to simplify things, I don't like simplifying things too much. But in a game like this, it's quite clear what the issues were in this game. Yeah, yeah, I think I would uh, think I would agree with you. And why don't we get to some of those issues uh, when we go through the the good, the bad, and the ugly on the other side? But first, Dave. Why don't we hear a word from one of our show sponsors? Yes, and that is Athletic Greens, something that I've started to use every day because I wanted to, you know, get better control of my immune health, want to have better gut health, more energy, optimize immune system. I'm not a person that likes to take pills and vitamins every day, having to remember which ones I took, which ones I need to take, what time of the day I should be taking them. So that's why I wanted an all-in-one healthy solution. So what is AG1, with one delicious scoop of AG1, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, nervous system, your immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and aging. All of those things. As I said, I wanted something to kind of help me get my energy up, especially, you know, in the mornings. When you're watching these Leaf games late at night, you need something to get your day going. So why not just take that one scoop of AG1 to get your day going? And it helps me to stay healthy. It's a lifestyle-friendly option, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, or artificial anything, while still tasting good. Supports better sleep quality and recovery. And it provides mental clarity and alertness. It's the one thing with the best things. Letter Greens uses the best of the best products based on the latest science with constant product iteration and third-party testing. Letter Greens was created when the founder experienced a ton of gut health issues and ended up on a complicated supplement routine to recover, which cost him $100 a day. So he decided to create Athletic Greens after experiencing how difficult it was to create an optimal nutritional uh, routine on his own. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year of supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your purchase. All you have to do is is, is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Maybe that's what the Leafs need, Mike. They need to get some AG1 into their into their daily routine. 
eventually they could get some AG1 into the routine. That would probably be a little bit better for them, get their get their gut health going right so that they can start on time, right? Get that immune system going. And also, they're a rather unhealthy group right now. So that would probably help uh, or maybe help. Speaking of unhealthy, the least did survive a scare last night. Uh, John Tavares took a apparently a 97-mile-an-hour slap shot from Rasmus Sandin right off the knee, collapsed on the ice, needed help getting off the ice, couldn't walk, couldn't, couldn't put any pressure on it, needed help down the tunnel. Thankfully, seemed like it was just a stinger, and he was able to return and, and, and play the rest of the game. Um, but that would have been – that would have been some alarms going off if if John Tavares would have really been been hurt and would miss some time here for Toronto. Luckily, not looking like that's the case. Just a little bit of a stinger there, and uh, all systems go for JT. Yeah, th- that that was scary, and it also just shows, I think, JT's commitment as well. Like he. You know, it looked bad, but he he did what he could to get back into that game because he knew his his team was still in it. <laughs> like that's the thing. Yeah, they they totally were. That's the thing. Like as poor as they played, like it was one one going into the third period. Like they easily could have won that game despite how poorly they played. Which in a way, I guess you could look at as as a positive. I suppose. I was gonna say but, we came to, right to the good, bad, and the ugly with that one. We can. Like, was it just me though? Like when it, when I first saw it, I didn't see it go off the knee. I just saw his reaction. I thought it hit him up in the head, like based off of the reaction. And I was like, oh no, oh my God, you did that, did not just go off his face. And uh, I don't know, did you think that at first? Or did well, you see I, I, just, I just saw the reaction. I'm just, and you see a slap shot go off. Like, first off, I don't know anybody that's, it's like some guys, it, it hits them and it, it stings a little bit, but like it hit, it catches you in one area and it yeah. doesn't matter. How tough you are, you're gonna let out a reaction. Yeah. No, no way about it. Like, yeah. So that's that's why I think really happened. And I was, you get concerned because he has had knee injuries in the past, right? That it's it's concerning to see that, and especially when it's a uh, when you're not expecting it, when it kind of hits you in an area and you're not expecting it to hit you there. It's that that was that was not a that was a scary moment, and hopefully. He did come back, but hopefully there's no long-lasting damage. Yeah, hopefully not. Uh, all right, Dave, that was that was a good thing that we saw happen. John Tavares returned to the game. Was there anything else that was good from this one that you could pull out of as we transition into the good, the bad, and the ugly from the Leafs? 3-1 loss to the Vegas Golden Knights. I don't want to hear any slander of Ilya Samsonov. <laughs> this guy is the only one that showed up to this game. He's the only one that kept the Leafs really in this game. Yeah. Like, has there, like, I know he's allowed soft goals in certain games, but that, I no, mean, he hasn't. Honestly, not really. Not since the, not since the Washington game, really, if you think about it. Like, just, the, just that, that was probably the only game where, you know, you could criticize his performance. Other than that, like, he, he continues to be steady in the net. He's had to make some unorthodox saves because, Really, he's had to take some unorthodox chances in front of him, and he's had to do whatever he can to keep that puck out of the net. It's it might not look always look pretty, but he gets the job done. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Vegas had an expected goals of four point five eight last night in all situations. So you know he 
the expectation was was Vegas was supposed to score more, and he kept them off the scoreboard, especially in that second period where he actually pitched a shutout in that second period. 2.32 goals expected uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights in that period. 12 high-danger chances for Vegas uh, in that period alone. 17 scoring chances in that period. So uh, he was outstanding to, to keep the team in it. Uh, absolutely. I, I also had him in my good category. I will also give a special shout-out, though, to Austin Matthews, who I thought had a really good game. I thought he was buzzing. A lot, actually, and and he was one of the play maybe outside of me of Samsonov that showed up to play that game. Um, you know, you just look at he was in the offensive zone. He was he was letting the puck rip anytime he could. Uh, he just looked comfortable. There was the one play where you know a turnover in the in the defensive or in the offensive zone, and he rushes back and he slides and gets a you know a block essentially <laughs> on the play and. Um, I thought that he was really combative as well and battling hard. I thought he was going to score that. I don't know how he didn't score that goal uh, on uh, on Logan Thompson. Was it there was like that one ninety second shift where that first line? I think he was in the second period. Just absolutely had the the foot on the gas for like ninety seconds. Thought they had scored the goal somehow. Thompson gets some piece of the puck, goes off the post, and Matthews can't believe it. The guy's just been snake bitten. But last night, for sure, he deserved to score a goal and uh, unfortunately did not. But I would say that he also had a good game. But outside of him and Samsonov, yeah, I don't know if there was much uh, much else that, that we could really say was, was really good last night. Uh, so what was bad, Dave? Oh, I, may, I mean, there's much to choose from. Um, but I would say... The turnovers and the lack of, you know, simple, like being able to clear your zone, get the rush going, sustain pressure in the offensive zone. Possession yeah. was an issue in this game. Yeah, they definitely lost the possession game. I actually have some stats here that would uh, that would indicate that being the case. Um, let me see if I can pull these up here. Whoops. Who's calling me at 9 a.m.? How dare they? Um, ba, ba, ba. Interesting, actually. Huh. Yes, they lost in, in shot share, but they actually had more possession time, which is interesting. You wouldn't have thought that based on... No. Actually, maybe you would because they had a, like two shifts where they really were were out of the metal, where Vegas was very much like quick counterattacks. Mm -hmm. So I suppose you could see that happening. Um, but in terms of like the shot share, yes, they, they certainly lost that game. Um, Vegas, uh, ended up with, uh, especially at, at, at five on five, like Vegas was, was all over the place there. And a lot of them were, were high danger quality, 19 high danger chances for Vegas last night, which is incredible. You look at the slot shots, 18 slot shots for the Vegas golden Knights, 17 of which at five on five. So they were just giving up way too much. And that's uh, that, that was one of my bads as well was just turnovers and poor defensive zone coverage. Like you're giving up 17 slot shots and only on three minutes and 41 seconds of ozone possession time. Like that's insane. The amount of high quality chances that you gave up that Samsonov had to really bail you out on a lot. And um, to, to even make it, make it a game really. So 
uh, yeah, they they certainly just didn't didn't look right, didn't look good, especially in their own end, and uh, they didn't play their game. They kind of got taken it to them, and were forced to play Vegas's game. And Vegas is a little better than that <laughs> at their own game. Uh, what was something that was ugly for you? Ugly was really the the whole you know challenge, and then to get scored on anyway, thirty seconds later. Yeah, ugly because it set the tone for Vegas. That 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 whole sequence. All right, you take Phil Kessel's goal away. We're just going to get another one because we found we found a, a link a leak in the armor of the Leafs defense, and they exposed the Leafs defense. So that was that was very ugly. Yeah, uh, it was for me. It was just like the start to each period. Like, they were just brutal. I mean, the, the first period right away, like, they were under siege, uh, it seemed like, for the first, like, 10 minutes of that game. Um, but then that happened again to start the second period. And then again to start the third period when their game's tied at one, still within grasps after you've come out and played kind of a poor game, a chance to come out in the third period and try and get this game, uh, win this game but get it back in into your hands and you just can't do it. It's so upsetting to see. Um, I saw a tweet from David Alter yesterday that said midway through the first period, friend of the show, by the way, David Alter, uh, midway through the first period, Vegas had a 91% expected goals through the first 10 minutes of the game. 91% expected goals. Um, they ended the game with uh, at five on five with, 59% of expected goals. Yes. So, like, Toronto ended up kind of getting it back on the rails slightly. They had better second halves of the period. But, I mean, you got to start on time. Now, you look at the third period. That was the most upsetting, I think, just because, again, you look at the situation. It's 1-1, a chance to go out and finally have a good start to a period. You got to think that there was some sort of communication with the team from Sheldon Keefe and company saying, hey, guys, we're still in this one despite how we played. Let's go out and just finish out this 20 minutes. Let's give it our best 20 minutes we can. And they get scored on 40 seconds into the period, just literally right away, lose the face off. Banks takes the offensive zone and Toronto's just swimming in their own end. Can't get to the Brody breaks a stick and all hell kind of breaks loose and eventually uh, – you know, they, they end up scoring, you know, a little tucking a, a puck away, I guess. That was uh, kind of chilling at the side of the net. But they had so many opportunities in that opening period there. Um, like Stevenson missed the backdoor feed earlier. Stone had a wide open net that he wasn't able to to score on. And then eventually Chandler Stevenson did cash in there. But um, it was just pitiful and atrocious that their starts to each and every period – it's unacceptable, really, and Never. they got to be better than that when they roll into San Jose on Thursday. Yeah, they the, they're going to get the day off uh, today, Wednesday. I expect Sheldon Keefe to be. I, I, I don't know what does that day off look like today. You think as opposed to what it could have looked like if they would have played better. Probably oh, still. I think uh, I, I think some tea times might have been canceled. I don't Vegas. know, man. I don't know. You kind of got to get away. I don't think tea times have been canceled, but maybe not as much time in the casinos, perhaps. Or you know, lounging by the pool. Yeah, maybe, may, may, you know, maybe that. But yeah, I, I, I just, 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a game, I suppose, and it's a day off work. And, you know, when you and I have a bad day at work, we we want to go and we want to get our mind off the game by doing some fun things, I suppose. So at the end of the day, yes, I suppose they probably still are getting after it a little bit, but definitely not uh, in as good spirits as they potentially could have been if they would have been able to win this game with a, with a, a full day in Vegas. But... Uh, not able to get it done. It was a pretty uninspiring effort. Uh, they end up losing the game 3-1, dropped to 4-3 and on the year. And uh, the rest of the conference just continues to win games, including the Ottawa Senators. You've got the Detroit Red Wings, who've yet to lose a game in regulation so far through five games this year. You've got the Buffalo Sabres, who keep winning games too, rolled through Western Canada and defeated all of them. So, uh, yeah, they're, they're playing some strong hockey right now. The Maple Leafs, not the best. That should hopefully turn around pretty soon. Uh, they do roll through California this week. And, you know, the California teams are struggling, right? San Jose, not a great team. Anaheim, not a great team. L.A., they're a good team, but they haven't played up to par. But these are three winnable games. I think Toronto's got to roll into, San, into California and get themselves probably minimum five of the six points. Hopefully they can go a full six for six. Yeah, you just gotta you just have to find a way to, to capitalize on the chances. Mm-hmm. Simply put, and it's looked better, but it's still not good enough. All right, let's uh, take one quick break when we get back. I do want to talk about the Vancouver Canucks because this is just awful. What's going on in there? I'm curious to get your thoughts on it. And how much longer of a leash do you think Ole fan, former Maple Leaf, Brucey Boudreaux has in Vancouver? We'll have that chat on the other side. I'm Mike DiStefano with David Morissuti. You listen to Lockdown Leafs, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Welcome back into the Lockdown Leafs Podcast. I'm Mike DiStefano with Dave Morissuti, the host here at Lockdown Leafs. Hopefully uh, you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. If this is your first time listening to us, uh, hopefully you've enjoyed it enough that you'll subscribe and come back each and every day. We've got new content coming to you uh, Monday through Friday. Typically they're up like literally basically overnight and uh, for you in the mornings. West Coast trip. We got to record a little bit later because by the time the game's over, it's bedtime for Dave and I. And we got to record in the morning, such as we're doing now. Um, So bear with us on the road trip. Might get content slightly later than typical, but better late than never is what we always say. Um, The Canucks, David, the Canucks, you know. We were kind of talking about how dire of a situation it was last week in Toronto when, you know, the Leafs lost to Arizona and it was like, oh my God, Sheldon Keefe, his job's got to be on the line. This is brutal. You know, the team, I, I can't believe that they're doing this again to us. Meanwhile, on the other side of the country, things are getting spicy in Vancouver. An 0-5-2 start, winless in their first seven, lost to the Carolina Hurricanes pretty brutally last night. Um, the score was not indicative of that game. Like the <laughs> Vancouver had a twenty percent expected goals, twenty seven percent expected goals in that one. Um, I mean, what do you make of of the situation in Vancouver? I, I I'll say this: um, some of these games have been close. Some of the games that could have been coin flips with like overtime and blown leads. Like that, that's, that's really it, you know, when it comes to Vancouver and 
I think the other thing about Vancouver is they've had some tough injury luck, right? Um, Quinn Hughes has been out since I think uh, I think it was back. He's been out at least a week now with a lower body injury. He might be out until at least the next few days. Travis Dermott's been out with a concussion. Brock Besser has been day to day. Like they've had some bad injury luck, so their roster hasn't exactly been, you know, healthy enough to you get a good grasp of what this team is. But I think the, the concerning part is the blown leads. You know, when you're struggling and you have the lead, you got to do what you can to ensure you don't blow it. Now, the game against Carolina, I did watch it because, you know, watching the Leaf game, I was flipping back and forth between those two games. And this is a team that's just right now, the big boys need to step up more. I think, you know, JT Miller has taken a lot of criticism and he's kind of been the target of Bruce Boudreaux's, you know, criticism a little bit. You know, he was moved from center to the wing. Uh, you know, he's the one that's been kind of taking the licks when it comes to the team's, uh, you know, the team's struggles lately. And rightfully so. I mean, the guy's coming in on a brand new shiny contract, got paid decently. And, you know, it's bad when, and I, I know this fan base is, is, can be ruthless. It's, there's a lot of similarities to, you know, the to the Leafs when things are bad. They're not exactly going to be happy with it. And when you get a jersey thrown on the ice, ooh, that is brutal. Like that, that right there sends a clear cut message. I don't like when jerseys are thrown on the ice. I don't like when I see fans burning jerseys, which I have seen videos of that as well. But this situation in Vancouver is a delicate one. And I really do hope that, you know, they, they don't do anything rash. I don't think Bruce Boudreaux is all to blame for everything, but uh, I'm worried that a rash decision is going to be made and something else. I and mean, look, this roster is not constructed properly either. Like this is not exact. It's not like this is, was a team that was viewed as a contender and they're just playing absolutely terribly. This is a team that's trying to get back into even being in the playoff picture. And yeah, so I'm not I'm I don't want people to think that the Vancouver Canucks are are an absolutely terrible team, but I don't want people to also think that they're a playoff team because they're they're stuck in that middle and that's what the issue is. Yeah, and they've been stuck in that middle for a long time. And and when it comes to JT Miller, it's tough because like that contract technically doesn't even kick in until next year. Right. He's already starting to lose the fan base. So it, it, the the Canucks are in a tough spot, man, and and it's almost to the point where at 5 and two on the year, is it getting away from you a little soon? You need to make a decision rather quick. Like, hey, are we gonna try and turn things around, or is it time to move forward and kind of think about the draft? Tank for Bedard. You've got some big pieces that you could trade away. I mean, you've got an expiring free agent in your captain, Bo Horvat. You might be able to get a pretty penny for Bo Horvat, I would think. You know, Brock Besser's on a pretty good deal. You might be able to get something for him. Um, if it's not too late to trade JT Miller, maybe you try and get something uh, for, for that guy. Like, I really think that there's a conversation to be had there, how quickly they think they can turn things around. Because if it, it doesn't turn around um, in the next little bit, they'll just be chasing the whole year, much like they were last year. And, 
you know, the, the problem in Vancouver is, is, is it going to be too little too late? Like last year, they made the coaching change just too late. If they would have done it like two weeks earlier, they might have made the playoffs. Like they legitimately had the second best record in the National Hockey League from the day that they fired Travis Green and hired Bruce Boudreaux onward which is what makes it also just super confusing. It's a lot of the same players that are back with Brucey Boudreaux, but for some reason they just can't get it going. Um, there are some some um, issues defensively, not only with the way that they're built, but also some health. Uh, so not only are they you know not great defensively, but also their best guys are out. You mentioned uh, Quinn Hughes, uh, Dermot is out, Tucker Pullman is out. Um, but also Thatcher Demko hasn't looked himself either. You know, this was a guy last year who was, um, you know, up in the top five in the league and goals saved above expected. So he's used to being under siege, but he's used to coming to, you know, become being their hero, really. He's, he's, he's been their MVP the last couple of years. Hasn't really been the case this year. Hasn't really come to save the day as often as he has. Um, and that's kind of what they've come to expect from him. And he's not providing that either. So there's a lot of there's a lot of holes and a lot of situations going on in Vancouver right now. Um, I don't know. Like, do you how much longer of a leash can the Canucks give Bruce Boudreaux, in your opinion? I I think you gotta you gotta give him a chance to right the ship a little bit here because now how much time well, that's, that's the thing. The problem is they did that last year with Travis Green, and he just wasn't able to ever right the ship, and then the yeah. year just got away from them, and it was too late. But How then can you fall eight. into that exact same situation this time? History only repeats itself, right? Well, you need to look back. Like they were terrible in preseason. This is not something that's just a regular season thing. They were terrible in preseason. Mm-hmm. So was this was this something wrong in training camp? Was the coaching staff not getting – like you got to reevaluate – everything that's happened and you got to decide soon. I think what, what manager needs to do is they need to give a, they need to make that decision soon in that they say, we're going to back Bruce Boudreau. We think he can get the job done or you got to send a message to the players and saying, you better get something done. Otherwise we're going to have to make another choice decision behind the net, but not just behind the net. We're also going to be looking at guys who are part of our core behind the bench. Yeah, exactly. Right. You got to You got to. It can't just be like Bruce Boudreau being the scapegoat. I think you got to look at the whole entire thing. And that's what Rutherford should have been brought here to do. Not just to say, ah, you know what? Yeah, it's the coach. We got to get rid of the coach. No, this is this goes a lot deeper than the coach. Um, And I think that message needs to be be clear. Well, the problem is the flawed roster that thinks they're better than they are, I think. Yeah, right. And and the ownership demands playoffs, demands success, and does has never wanted to go in the direction of an actual tear it down rebuild. And they've been stuck in kind of purgatory for the last decade, really, since um, really ever since like you know the the Kesslers and BXs of of the world kind of were were dealt away and moved on since Benning really took over. Um, I know Frank Corrado was talking about how literally basically right after they had won the cup, the season after they got eliminated for nothing in the playoffs, Mike Gillis wanted to strip it down and start a rebuild right then and there. And uh, the Aquilini said, no, they didn't want him to do that. So, you know, it's been, um, 
yeah, it's been like a long time where the main, where uh, uh, Vancouver fans have not been happy with the product, uh, and they didn't strip it down. Like the the lease was stuck in that forever, forever. Same thing. There was that mm-hmm. decade between like '05, and then finally they decide to bottom out and they get Marner, and then the following year they really bottom out tank and. They end up getting Austin Matthews and look where they are now in a very good spot because they were able to tank, get really good players at the top of the draft. They panned out and now they're one of the best teams in the NHL. The Canucks really haven't been able to do that. They also haven't gotten a lot of luck in the draft lottery. I think they've literally moved down each and every year. Um, Someone jumps them and they move down, but uh yeah it's it's tough right now in vancouver i will say that uh it's not that much better well it's it's better in toronto but also uh not as comfortable in toronto as it should be maybe seven games through the season but they got a chance to right the ship they're in california this week they got san jose on thursday they've got uh, la on saturday and then sunday night they've got the anaheim Ducks. so back to back saturday sunday Hopefully they can right the ship here with the California road trip. I was actually looking last year. They went on the California road trip and the offense exploded. Um, So hopefully they can do uh, the same thing. I think they outscored like 15 to four on the California trip, came home and then beat Colorado eight, three the night they came back from the trip. So that was a big, uh, a big boost for them. Hopefully the same could occur here for the Maple Leafs. All right. That does it for today's show. Um, I'd like to thank you all for listening and supporting the podcast. You can subscribe to Locked On Leafs Podcast on all podcast platforms and receive daily Leafs content. Follow myself on Twitter at Mickey underscore Canuck. Follow Dave at D underscore Morissuti. Follow the show at Locked On Leafs. We'll be back with another episode tomorrow. But until then, keep it locked right here on Locked On.